Chapter 10, Becoming Unforgettable But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Micah 5, 2 Joseph, the husband of Mary from Nazareth, is probably one of the most world-famous people who has ever lived, and yet there is no record of him having ever uttered a word. I'm sure Joseph spoke a normal amount, it's just that we don't know anything he ever said because no biblical writers wrote down any of his words. And yet, for a guy who never gave a big pregame speech or wrote a bestseller, A lot of people know who he was. I was in a house the other day, and my daughter counted 19 nativity sets. In this one home, good old Joseph was carved out of wood, clay, and crystal. He was etched into stone and stitched into blankets. He was painted on a calendar and molded out of chocolate. In one nativity, Joseph was even kneeling in front of the manger next to Santa Claus. Joseph has been drawn, sculpted, and cast more than any president, king, war hero, or star athlete, probably combined. His image is hanging or standing in more homes than anyone ever, except maybe his wife and baby. I bet Joseph of Nazareth is one of the most artistically depicted people in human history, despite the fact that he was basically a complete nobody. If you were to travel back in time and tell Joseph just how famous he would be one day, he would probably laugh at you, or else just dismiss you out of hand. No one outside of his own little village knew who Joseph was. He was a contractor, a builder who crafted everyday household necessities, made repairs, and solved problems. No one outside his small-town clientele would have ever known or cared who Joseph was, except for the fact that Jesus was born. And Joseph's quaint little life collided with Jesus' life, changing Joseph forever. The funny thing was, the effect was not immediate. Meeting Jesus didn't make Joseph's life a big deal right off the bat. In fact, when Jesus first came into his life, the relationship caused quite a bit of strain, inconvenience, and hardship for Joseph. Mary's untimely pregnancy had ruined Joseph's hopes and dreams for a big wedding where the couple would be celebrated by the community. When Jesus, the embryo, came into Joseph's life, he brought a lot of drama, gossip, and difficulty. Joseph and Mary's families both disowned them. Grandparents shook their head in shame, and neighbors turned their noses up. Which was unbearable, because Joseph and Mary hadn't even done anything except say yes to the will of God. I can imagine older, respectable pillars of the community in Nazareth talking about this young, disgraced couple, saying things like, You know, that boy never says much, but I always thought he was a good kid. Just goes to show. You never know. As soon as Joseph decided to go through with the marriage, 
he waived his right to defend himself or rehabilitate his own reputation. He would have to let people talk. And what's more, he was doing it all for Jesus. Years later, some of Jesus' disciples would be arrested, beaten, and threatened because of their relationship with the Lord, and as they left the temple, they rejoiced that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. But Mary and Joseph were first. It would take a long time, but eventually Joseph became a household name. He became a man people want to name their sons after. He became a man that other men, like me, strive to be like. I want to welcome Jesus when others are rejecting him. I want to stand up for him despite great personal cost. I want to open my heart to him, invite him into my home, put my life and my dreams on hold for him, and devote myself to him. I want to be like Joseph, who, in my opinion, must have been among the kindest, noblest, and best of men. Jesus collided with an ordinary nobody and made him unforgettable. No one would have ever known or cared about this everyday kind of guy. But the birth of Jesus changed all that. And the same thing happened for a little town just down the road from Jerusalem. It was called Bethlehem, which literally means house of bread. Not an impressive-sounding place, right? It makes me think of a lot of the little tiny towns around here in East Tennessee where I live. Places like Sweetwater, Coalfield, and Flag Pond. These are the towns you could drive right through and not even really notice. They're the kinds of places that look and feel just like they did before color television was invented. The capital city of Jerusalem was the religious, political, and cultural center of their entire society, and no one really paid much attention to the little bread house down the road until the birth of Jesus changed everything. The Roman emperor wanted to maximize his tax revenues, so he ordered that there be a census throughout his realm. Everyone had to return to their ancestral homes to report and be counted so that the Roman government could be sure they were scraping every penny they could out of these people. Joseph and Mary were both descendants of King David, so they had to return to the little town David was from, which was Bethlehem. This place was one of those blink-and-you-miss-it kind of towns, and yet, unbelievably, on the night of nights, the Son of God drew his first breath there. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Look, I know that seems obvious to us now, on this side of things. But if you were going to plan the arrival of the king of the world, you wouldn't pick Bread House Unincorporated from down the road, would you? If we were planning this momentous and historical birth, we would probably pick the biggest city, the best hospital, the most stately palace, and all the trappings of royalty. And God's plan was different. He picked Bethlehem. And what's more, he picked it hundreds of years before it happened. In the Old Testament prophecy of Micah, God said, Bethlehem, even though you're small, the ruler of Israel will come from you, the one whose origins are of old from ancient times. 
God picked a nowhere kind of town. He chose a nobody kind of guy and girl. A thousand years before this, in the same little place, he picked the unnoticed small fry son of a local shepherd named Jesse to be king over the whole country. And this is the way God works. He takes the places, the things, and the people no one values and changes them into the places, things, and people no one will ever forget. How does he do it? It's simple. Jesus enters in. He is born in that town. He becomes a part of those things and he lives in those hearts. Jesus comes into normal little lives and makes us sons and daughters of God. It may take a while. You may not even see it on this side of things, but it is happening. Jesus is colliding with your ordinary life and the results will be unforgettable. You think no one cares about you? You think no one sees your life? Hang in there. Your story isn't over yet. God picked you a long time ago and Jesus is at work even now, changing everything. One day yours will be a name we will all know and treasure, because to him, there is no one more important